everybody. Welcome to another PR Masters podcast series brought to you by the Stevens Group. In case you don't know who the Stevens Group is, we're one of the leading mergers and acquisitions firms in the PR and digital interactive space. I'm Art Stevens, managing partner of the Stevens Group and your host for today. The PR Masters podcast series features luminaries and legends in the world of public relations. Our guest today fits into that category. She is Kim Sample, and she is president of the PR Council. Kim focuses on helping the PR Council's 100-plus member agencies thrive and elevating the PR profession overall. Prior to joining the PRC in August 2018, Kim was the founder CEO of Emanate, a $35 million, 100-plus person international marketing communications agency. During her tenure, Emanate was named PR Week Agency of the Year and Crane's Best Places to Work in New York City. And the team's work for clients was recognized with numerous industry awards. Kim also worked at Ketchum, Marina Mar Communications, and Golan earlier in her career and has served Fortune 500 clients across a number of industries, including financial services, travel and hospitality, CPG, and consumer electronics. Kim, I'd like to welcome you to the PR Masters Series, and glad you could be with us today. How are you doing? I'm great, Art. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. It's delightful to talk with you. Well, the first thing we want to do, Kim, is we want to familiarize our listeners with the PR Council. I'm sure many of them know what the PR Council is, but some may not. So would you mind describing for our listeners what the PR Council is, what its role is, and what its uh, aspirations are for the future. Yeah. So, um, as you said, we represent over 100 member agencies. So we're basically a trade association focused on the PR agency business. And our mission is all about helping agencies grow. We help grow their talent, grow their revenue, their profits, and their reputations. And while we're helping individual businesses, we're also working to grow the industry overall. And so we do that through things, um, all kinds of learning and development opportunities. We do a lot of information sharing. We work to develop the more senior talent across the industry, some of the most popular activities we offer. We have communities for functional leaders in an agency, so HR leaders, COOs, CFOs. And we do a lot of connecting CEOs across the industry. So our members sit in four different tiers, if you will. So we represent the largest agencies in the world, like Edelman and Weber Shanwick, down to smaller agencies that might just have a million dollars in revenue. And we're focused on helping all those different size agencies grow and be successful in the marketplace today and Tomorrow, we talk a lot about building an agency of the future. So um, are there any criteria for uh, agencies to become members of uh, the PR Council? Yeah, so we do have an application process and a membership eligibility committee that reviews all of those. I mean, one of the biggest things is that you have to agree to our code of ethics, 
and we're updating that every year because as the business has changed and our members have expanded the services that we're offering, we want to make sure our code of ethics is incredibly relevant and covering all aspects of the business today. So that's a key piece of it. We also want members who are going to really benefit from being part of the PR Council. So we want members who are creating business plans to grow their agencies. And we also just take a quick look at the kinds of work that um, prospective members are doing for their clients, just making sure it's the caliber of work that our members offer. So, Kim, uh, um, you know, uh, in a way, cutting to the chase because your visit with us today is very timely given the, the health crisis that uh, is facing the U- U.S. Um, coronavirus, obviously, is on the minds of a lot of agency owners, and uh, many have been affected by it. Can you describe what you see uh, to be the mood of PR agencies and, and the role that the PR Council is playing in this crisis? Sure, I'd be delighted to. Um, So one of the things that we have been doing is gathering those functional communities I mentioned. So before people move to a shelter in place and with employees working from home, we started gathering our HR leaders every day. And we did that for about four weeks, and we've moved to three times a week just in the past week. Uh, We gather COOs and CFOs once a week. We're speaking with CEOs every other week. So we're getting a lot of good up-to-the-minute information. Um, I'd say in terms of the effect on agencies, it's been a very mixed bag. Some agencies who specialize in travel and hospitality have just seen their businesses decimated, unfortunately, as that industry has completely stopped. And then um, a lot of agencies who do a lot of corporate reputation or crisis work, maybe they're in the healthcare space or public affairs, they have been busier than ever. So it's definitely some have and have nots within our membership. Um, I think some of the interesting things we've seen, agencies move very quickly to make sure that their employees felt very safe. So, before it was required, they moved to, you know, a, an option of work from home. And I think our agency leaders across the board have been really pleased with how well work from home has gone. Um, you know, the PR professional, I don't have to tell you, Art, as long as you've been in this business, but PR professionals are just a really special breed who love to make the impossible possible, I'd say. And they're killing themselves across the board to deliver value to clients, whatever state their clients are in. And I think one of the things we've heard from the agency um, HR leaders quite a bit is they're worried about their employees because they're working so hard from home. Um, They're working longer hours than maybe they would have if they were commuting to an office. They're juggling their client responsibilities with homeschooling in a lot of cases they're not taking time off, um, and I think our agencies are just really worried about protecting the, you know, employee base that we have. And add to that just the uncertainty and anxiety whether this 
um, coronavirus has affected your loved ones or your neighbors or not, you can't help but feel the anxiety of the current situation. And also we have a lot of agency employees who may be living alone. Maybe they're living alone for the first time in their lives. They're newly out of college and maybe they're in a tiny apartment where they don't even have a proper work from home setup. And that's stressful and our agency leaders are thinking about those folks as well and how they can help them. Um, you know, a big topic has been understanding the legislation and how it's going to help our employees across the industry in the form of the Families First Act and then also looking at the aid that has been made available to small businesses and making sure our agencies know how to take advantage of that. And there's just been this incredible, completely unselfish information sharing across every possible topic to the point where, you know, we started to share the good news of agents getting their rules at the end of last week. And there was a lot of virtual cheering for each other, just knowing that that's going to make a big difference in agencies just being able to protect their jobs right now. So the entire industry cheered as that money started opening up. Is the council playing any role in helping uh, agencies uh, uh, cut through red tape regarding, you know, the loans and the funds being made available to, you know, to businesses uh, uh, currently? We're providing a lot of guidance, um, you know, beyond getting members to share how it's working for them. We definitely pull in a lot of experts who can help every step of the way and have been incredible in, you know, answering countless questions and making sure we have up-to-the-minute um, information. I mean, what was so tricky, particularly about the payroll protection, is that it was changing constantly and it sort of went live before the banks had really figured it out. So. We were constantly getting changes, but, you know, one of the beauties of membership in our organization is you've got this network. So people could come to us in our communities and say, hey, does anybody work with Bank XYZ? I'm having a really hard time. And people are chipping in, oh, yeah, yeah, here's what I did. Here's what form they needed. You know, here's what they told me. And so everybody was able to move pretty quickly through the process. Is there uh... – is there any any way that uh, some of the large agencies, uh, of course they've been affected themselves, but given their size, is there any role that they play in trying to help smaller agencies in the industry so that uh, the industry remains relatively intact when this thing is all over? Yeah, I think what's um, incredible about our large agency members is they really believe in the council and they believe that being actively involved in the council is good for the industry. And, you know, they're, they're not eligible for PPP. Uh, they don't um, have to comply with families first. It, it, it's for uh, companies 500 or less U.S. employees. And many of the larger agencies obviously are way beyond that. But a lot of the things that they are looking at sharing are the best practices about the workplace and the employees and how they're helping their employees get through this 
um, protecting their mental health. So tons of ideas get shared there and a, a place we're really uh, working very closely with, we call the large agencies, the tier ones. We're working really closely with them and benefiting from their guidance. They've already shifted some degree. I think most agencies have already shifted to their rebound plans and what, is, what are they going to be doing, you know, post-virus? It's that PR optimism, I guess, but it's also sure. good business leaders are yeah. doing that now. But we're talking a lot about space, and the Tier 1 agencies are really thinking about how will people go back to work. I mean, I think one of the early reactions was, wow, this is working so well. Maybe we the amount of space that we've had. But then I think people are starting to think, well, wait a minute, I'm going to need both, but I'm going to need to use my space in different ways because employees are not going to be happy to go sit in open office environments elbow to elbow with their next door neighbor. You know, we've got to look at our buildings and, you know, folks aren't going to be happy to be using crowded elevator banks during rush hours. So how might we structure our hours so that we're honoring social distancing as everyone goes back to work because there's going to be so much we don't know in the early days about reoccurrences. Well, you know, given my own experience in working, uh, you know, with uh, consulting with agencies and doing mergers and acquisitions, I I note that a lot of uh, agencies currently, you know, those that haven't before are all obviously working from home. Uh, obviously, it changes the way people work and the uh, reliance on new techniques like Zoom, which has become very popular. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that more and more employees will work from home as uh, as this thing ends? I, I definitely think there's going to be more of a you know demand for work from home. You know, I, I think it'll be. A mix. I don't think everyone's going to be excited to be work from home, but I, I think everyone has now seen how productive it can be, and it just, in some ways, is going to simplify life uh, for agency talent. You see a, a lot of um, uh, agency personnel uh, being furloughed, terminated. Uh, put on hold and, and what have you. What are, what, are, what are some of the means that, let's say, the more progressive agencies uh, are using, you know, to try to hold on to as many people as possible, you know, given the financial circumstance that this uh, coronavirus places on the agencies themselves? Yeah, again, you know, the business is all over the place, as you know, from all of your consulting work. So firms that were hit hard, travel and hospitality, they had no choice but to make immediate cuts. But, you know, I think across the industry, everybody remembers that we're like three seconds away from, you know, the talent crunch. There was such a talent war going on for our industry (laughs) six weeks ago. Um, So I think people are working really hard to protect jobs. Getting these loans from Small Business Administration, the PPP loans, that's going to be critical. A lot of people are waiting to see those go through. Um, I think leaders have gotten, you know, they've put through some salary cuts for most senior levels in some cases. 
you know, making those go a little deeper than perhaps they would have thought of doing in the past. But I, I think there's just such a push to protect jobs. So they're really protecting the agencies that they worked so hard to build and the different capabilities that the agencies were offering. You know, a modern PR agency offers a number of different capabilities, and those were hard to build. So I think our leaders want to hold on to that as much as they can. Does that line up with what you're seeing, Art? Yes, I'm, I'm precisely. I'm seeing the, the same thing. And, uh, and and that leads me to my my next question, and that is, do you see any innovative ways that agency clients are trying to save the agencies, you know, from – going under or really reaching such a low point that it, it, it's going to be difficult to survive. Are clients doing, you know, any altruistic things uh, based on what you have heard? Well, I, I guess I've heard of um, a number of more general moves. I mean, I think in a moment like this, you learn pretty quickly whether your client sees you as a vendor or a partner. And I'm so heartened by the cases where, you hear of these conversations where clients and agencies kind of are figuring it out. You know, well, what if we cut back to this? Will this let us keep the team intact? You know, having those very um, transparent conversations as much as they can. You know, is there any way that we can extend our payment terms? You know, does that put you in a terrible spot or does that you know, help us protect the relationship and the work that we're doing. And um, I think agency leaders are looking at a number of creative solutions in terms of changing up the work. I mean, I've heard from so many leaders that the work they were doing before this started has completely gone away. They've still got the same amount of work or billings, if you will, but it's completely different. And that's not the easiest thing on an organization to completely, you know, switch over teams and get people doing different work. But I, I think in good partnerships, those are the kinds of things that are happening. And, you know, I think agencies are trying very hard for clients who have just right out said, listen, we can't afford to have you engage right now. You know, they've come up with, all right, what if we do a keep the lights on very low-level activity. And, you know, you look at the data, brands that go dark in a period like this pay the price for rebuilding their favorable brand awareness. And, you know, I think there's a lot of awareness of that. So agencies and clients are working together to sort out what they can. But, you know, there's nobody who's going unscathed through this, except maybe Zoom. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. I think they're they're really uh, flourishing right now, aren't they? <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> yeah. using Zoom. Um, a couple more questions on the coronavirus. Then you know, I, I know it's obviously a topic of, of tremendous importance currently, and uh, you know, any information our listeners can glean, you know, from you on that subject regarding the role of PR agencies and so on, um, you know, is is really pretty important. But I, I also want to ask you questions about the industry in general in just a few moments. Uh, but my my I'm going to ask you two final questions on the coronavirus situation. And one is, do you think that uh, the role – you began to describe it just a moment ago, but uh, I'll, I'll ask it uh, you know, more emphatically. 
Uh, do you think the role of the PR agency will change when the, when the dust settles and the coast is clear and we can all come out to play and do our things as usual? Uh, has this served as a, as, a, as a valuable lesson to PR agencies in terms of our role? Um, what, what do you think the future augurs for, for public relations agencies as a result of this experience? Yeah, I feel incredibly optimistic for our business. I think, you know, PR agencies for a very long time, you know, did hand-wringing about wanting a seat at the table. Well, this has been our seat at the table, right? I mean, I think the council of agencies has been incredibly valued at the highest level of most client companies. Um, They're proving the depth of what they can bring and the, you know, sort of across the board resources and resourcefulness that they can bring to help clients solve their problems. Um, yeah, I I think it's an incredible opportunity. I also think a lot of other disciplines got shut down faster and more completely than we are. So we're going to have an opportunity to, redefine our scopes of work and quickly rebuild because if you're standing still, that's harder to get going. But if you're working, even if it's at a reduced scope, that's a huge, huge opportunity, I think, for our PR agencies. So I hope and we all hope and pray that this kind of, you know, pandemic uh, or other kind of uh, universal disaster uh, doesn't strike, you know, the, uh, the world as it is now doing, you know, for like thousands of years, if, if ever. Um, but what lessons do you think that PR agencies have learned in terms of running their businesses, client work aside, but just in running their businesses that would better, that would, that would have prepared them better for this particular emergency. Uh, and uh, so what, what have they learned or what will they learn from this emergency to prevent another emergency from really, uh, really doing catastrophe catastrophe for the agencies. Mm-hmm. I think this crystal ball, well, the look back will be going on for quite some time and everybody um, really analyzing what went well and what didn't. Um, I think the reliance on technology is so important and, you know, continuing to be focused on that. I mean, Slack and Teams have been lifesavers for agencies and kept a lot of things going. So I think technology, technology innovations are going to be super important. Um, I think staying really close to the clients, you know, I think those agency leaders who may have gotten a little bit away from, you know, tight relationships with clients will work to make sure that does not happen again. Um, I think having a comfort level with our teams, I mean, I myself was a must-be-present-to-win leader. I loved having, you know, people face-to-face, but, you know, I think we've all learned that we can have those benefits when we're all working remote and that creativity. I mean, I just look at the agencies and they're quarantini recipes. They have older children doing story hours for younger children. So parents can wear, I mean, all this creativity has just blossomed around. I, I think agencies are going to look really hard at their diversification. 
Um, and for industries like travel and hospitality, you know, I think digital is just going to be so huge. If I ran a travel and hospitality agency, I would build out my digital capabilities ASAP because I think that armchair traveling, um, one of our leaders was just talking about that this morning. Like that's a huge opportunity, especially as things get going and people are building back up their confidence. So really thinking about the capabilities. And, and you know what? Another thing I think some really smart agencies are doing is understanding that they don't have to build and own all of the capabilities themselves, but how can they get really smart about building trusted partnerships? It's almost like this crisis made everybody hang up a little bit of the competition and come together and share information, and people are partnering in very interesting ways. How do you, you know, keep that trust and move forward and solve problems in different ways by sharing resources? I think that'll be a big move. Hmm. So, Kim, I want to talk now a little bit about you and your role at the, the PR Council. You've you've had the good fortune to come out of the agency sector yourself at the very highest level. How has this experience helped you at PR Council? It's actually been great. I mean, this job is so incredible. If you love agencies, which I am such an agency animal, I've spent my entire career in agencies, and I think. What's different about my experience is I've been in every size agency. You know, I've been in small boutique agencies. I've been in large agencies. I started an agency. So I understand the challenges. I mean, they've evolved um, in a lot of places. But, you know, I I can understand the needs of the different size agencies within our membership base And that makes it really fun, too. I mean, I have so much heart for every size agency. Um, And I think the council, like the trickiest thing about the council is just making sure that we bring value to our members regardless of their size. And sometimes it's like, all right, we did this really benefits small agencies. We've got to do some things that really benefit the large agencies and thinking that way. But um, I do think it helps make sure everyone is equally represented. So what, what, do you, what do you personally focus on as president of a PR Council? Um, well, some of the things that I am particularly passionate about, I would really like to um, help the industry make significant progress on diversity while I'm in this role, I, I just I, I think we're so far behind. It's almost tragic that we haven't been able to solve this better. And there are a lot of issues there, but I care very, very deeply about that. Um, you know, I think the professionalization of the business, uh, it's really moving in that place. But I think making sure that everybody in the agency thinks like a business person, that they understand the business of the business, helping agency talent across the board, just be better about that. Because, I, you know, as we discussed earlier, agency folks are alike in their enthusiasm to serve their clients. 
but getting them to be great business people and not giving away their brilliance. Um, you know, I think there's some stuff we can do there. And I just think the power of the industry, you know, as we look at young talent who want to play a role in changing the world, I sincerely believe it sounds goofy, but I so believe that PR has the potential to help solve all of the world's problems. Like there is an element of PR in it. And I think to get that word out to brilliant young talent and let them see what incredible careers you can have in this industry. I mean, no, people are not having a ton of fun in this economic crisis anywhere, but normally this is an industry that is just so exhilarating to be a part of. I couldn't agree with you more, having been into all my professional life uh, <laughs> uh, and the fun I've had on the agency side, uh, you know, having had my own agency in New York for many years. Um, yeah. The, uh, the PR Council, you know, is a trade association. Uh, it has uh, organizations as members as, as, uh, as opposed to individuals, you know, like PRSA. Mm-hmm. As such, does the uh, PR Council – take on any uh, industry issues in, in terms of uh, uh, presenting itself to legislative bodies, either uh, state by state or, or in Washington, D.C., on any issues that it feels strongly about? You know, during my tenure, we have not done lobbying, per se, um, and I don't know that the council – I mean, I think there have been a couple of points where – um, there was legislation that require, you know, it would have had a significant impact on agency business. Um, we do some things like um, last year, our board voted to adopt an intern pay policy. And it was around this time that um, interns on Capitol Hill were fighting to be paid and that went through and we thought it was an incredible leadership opportunity and just a statement to diverse talent you know that we're going to make sure you're paid so that everyone has an equal opportunity to get their career in public relations started Uh, because before that you know if agencies weren't paying you know it it could only be students of a particular socioeconomic background who could take those jobs. And frankly, I could have never afforded to take an unpaid internship. That was not in the realm of possibility for me and something I was really passionate about. But so there are certain things that members come together, you know, um, taking a stand on closing the gender pay gap, things like that the industry takes a stand on, but not straight out lobbying, um, whether it's D.C. or state governments, we haven't really done that. Does the, does the PR Council partner with the other uh, PR professional organizations and associations like the Page Society or PRSA or the Council's Academy? We do, um, some more than others. And there's just a lot of sharing across the industry, and we do look for similarities. Um, the industry organizations are coming together and taking a stand on diversity and what needs to happen to promote diversity in the industry. So 
every possible organization you can imagine is involved in that effort, and I'm really proud that everyone's committed to working together on that. Um, there's definitely a lot of sharing, and we all get together regularly and look at how our programming can uh, benefit each other, where we can pull other people in, how do we make sure we're not you know, inundating the industry by trying to do things at the same time. Yeah, I'd love for there to be even more collaboration because I don't think that there's the time or money for us all to be separately pulling on our industry's leaders. So I, I hope in the future that there will be more collaboration. And what do you think your, your greatest achievement uh, has been to date at the PR Council? How long have you been there? Um, I think I'm about 18 months in. Oh, okay. My greatest achievement to date, wowzy. Um, <laughs> Putting you on the spot. <laughs> I know, totally. I'm going to vamp for a minute. Um, I was really proud of the intern pay policy. Um, we have traditionally done a thought leadership event called the Critical Issues Forum, and for a while, it was incredibly prestigious, and there weren't the number of competing thought leadership events taking place. Um, but it started to feel a little bit like everyone else's panel, you know, your typical panels and so forth. So last year, we reimagined the Critical Issues Forum and um, staged a Critical Issues of the Modern Workforce Forum. And we had TED-style talks. Uh, I think we had maybe 10 or so speakers on all different kinds of diversity. Um, so we had a woman who was blind. She was getting a master's at NYU and had interned at Weber Shanwick. And she spoke about what the industry needs to do to attract more people with disabilities. There was an expert on women returning to work after raising kids talking about how can the industry attract and retain moms. Um, there was a gentleman who had transitioned while he was working at one of the large ad agencies in Boston, and he talked about how he managed the communications for his transition while he was working in the agency. So you get the gist of it, but very thought provoking. Oh, we had a gentleman who started a business called ConCreates, and he only hires currently and formerly incarcerated felons. Oh, Just wow. opening people's minds to think about this unbelievable talent that is out there but is being overlooked and not welcomed and recruited into our agencies. Um, I think it was a really exciting day with, you know, huge takeaways for everybody in attendance. So I was really proud of our team's work on that. Jim, a couple of, a couple of final questions about you yourself. Uh, um, how, how would you describe your style of management, both when you were at agencies uh, and you described being at agencies uh, of all sizes, and then, you know, of course, uh, your, your greatest achievement is, you know, with M&8. Uh, what, what do you think your – how would you describe your style of management? Um, I love 
seeing what people can do. I mean, the my proudest moments leading Emanate were when people would tell me, A, how much their opportunity there shaped their careers moving forward, and B, how they always felt like they could show up as themselves. So I love to help people find what is really unique about themselves and what their talents are, and then help them do more of what they're great at. You know, I I can remember early in my career, it was that age where everybody in the agency was supposed to be a jack of all trades. You were supposed to be able to do everything. And we'd have these conversations, these amazing people and uh, they have this, this, and this talent, but they don't, they can't do this. And, you know, it was always like sort of trying to get them to do what they couldn't instead of finding a way for them to do what they did best and clearly loved and how, you know, understanding how that was really going to benefit the business. Um, so I guess my management style is helping people find the things that they love and they're really good at and creating the opportunity for them to do that more. Well, and that's why you've been so successful, Kip, you know, undoubtedly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So you, you obviously you have full and busy days, particularly currently with what's going on in the world and working with agencies, uh, some in trouble and some, you know, trying to help do the right thing in terms of what's going on. Uh, but when you do have spare time and I, I suppose everybody has some spare time, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do when you're not focusing on the PR council? Um, let's see. I have a very demanding dog who has trained me well. Um, I'm a reader. Uh, one of the things that I've become incredibly passionate about in the last year and a half, I'm a CASA volunteer and CASA is court appointed special advocate. And so it's such rewarding volunteer work. It's so great for people who love doing being really deep in something, but basically, um, you get appointed by the courts to work with um, children in the foster care system, and it's to make sure that these kids don't fall through the tracks, the cracks. Um, you know, the DCPMP or Child Protective Services, whatever they're called, in different markets. Those caseworkers have so many cases, and so what we try to do is help step in, get to know the kids, what their needs are and advocate for them to make sure they get what they need and have every shot at having a successful, happy life. So I'm totally inspired by that work, and I've been loving it ever since I became a volunteer. Everyone around me is tired of hearing about it, but it's <laughs> really wonderful work. I think our listeners are not going to tire of hearing about that. That's the wonderful <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> and finally, my final question, Kim, and uh, and I really thank you for your time today. I think you've been really, really articulate about, particularly, uh, you, you know how how the PR Council uh, is working with agencies in connection with the coronavirus, and your views about uh, what has happened to the industry and where it's going as a result of this healthcare crisis we're in. But one final question: um, Where do you see Kim Sample in the years ahead? <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure doing something with agencies, since that seems to be <laughs> my true love. I mean, I I think this job is just a wonderful, wonderful opportunity, and um, it certainly feels incredibly valuable, particularly in a time like this. So who knows? Hopefully I'll do this for a long time, but definitely agency life uh, motivates me, and I think I've got a lot of good years of hard work and smart work in me yet. Well, Kim, if I have anything to say about it, you will be the president of the PR Council for many, many, many years to come <laughs> because we need you. We need you. We need your wisdom. We need your knowledge. We need your experience. We need your sophistication. Um, and stay where you are. <laughs> well, thank you, Art. Well, Kim Sample, on behalf of our listeners, I'd like to thank you for joining us today and, and sharing your views with us. Thank you so much for being with us, Kim. Oh, thank you. What a pleasure. And thank you all for tuning in to another of the Stevens Group PR Masters podcast series. So until the very next time, I am Art Stevens wishing you all the very best.